there. Welcome to the My Modern Met Top Artist Podcast. I'm Sonia Harris, an editor and producer for Top Artist. We at Top Artists get the opportunity to sit down and chat with some pretty amazing creatives from around the globe. Creatives who invite us to see things a bit differently and inspire us as well. This is especially true for our next guest, conceptual photographer Faris Mikue. Faris's work is a passion-fueled display of vibrant and gentle reality-bending works of art. Faris uses her body, as well as different botanical objects, as an external canvas to represent her picturesque internal landscape of emotions. Paper is like fragile, but at the same time, it's soft because you can cut yourself with the paper and you don't even notice. So it's kind of, so give that message that something that is fragile, but not so much. Faris's work is permeated with a sort of mature whimsy that invites onlookers to confront themselves and embrace growth in all its metaphorical forms. I got the chance to talk with Faris about her work and the messages of positivity and mental health her work aims to convey to audiences. If you'd like to connect with Faris's art while we chat, be sure to click the link in the show's description to see her work and follow along. So, hi, Faris. How are you? Doing good. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So thanks for joining us from the Canary Islands in Spain. So we at My Modern Met caught on to your work last year and we loved it. I personally am a, just a really big fan of your work. So could you just start us off with your background in photography and arts and just telling the story of when you first fell in love with your craft? Uh, definitely. It was back in 2009, 2010 that I had a little point-and-shoot camera, and I started to make just pictures around. And was the time that I bought my first laptop. So I was doing some search online, and I found this website called Flickr. It was a photographer community website. Mm. And then I started to see the images, and I, and I thought to myself that maybe I can try to make some pictures. Until that time, I wasn't like a, I didn't have photography as a hobby in just writing. I wasn't taking any pictures on any type of art, like painting or anything. But I thought that photography is kind of nice. Actually, I wanted to be an actress, so I was into filming because I really, I like the, the portray of different characters and all of that. But, you know, it's not that easy to do like a short, so movies. So it was just a dream. Until that point, I just wanted to be an actress. Then I found photography and I was uh, looking in the sign. I was like, oh, there are so many nice pictures. Maybe I can try to do something similar. So at that time, when I decided to invest in a little DSLR, my first one, it wasn't expensive, it was just a little camera so I can try things and I can get familiar with the use of the camera. And I actually started to like it. So I started to post my pictures on there in the site. So I did my profile and I started putting my images over there. And I was constantly just following different photographers and I was seeing like, oh, they are using like light and different techniques. They are using props. So maybe I can spice it up a little bit. So I started like making different characters. I was trying to new clothes, like different clothes, different color. At that time, I wasn't like good with editing because I was new, let's say in the field. So I didn't know much about editing or about anything. So I started to play a little bit with the lighting, a little bit with this and with that, because actually at the beginning, I was posting pictures that I was making with the webcam of my computer before getting my first DSLR. And I was like, uh, yeah, they are not so bad. So maybe if I have a camera, they are going to be better. 
So I was starting there and I was posting my pictures and just like losing the fear, like testing the water. Let's say, and I was like, yeah, I kind of like it. And then, like, as I said before, I was looking to another photographer. I said, well, oh, they are doing a great job. Maybe I can try to maybe work a little bit more on my images and try to put a story on them. And then I remember that, oh, I always write. And I always like writing. So maybe I can use this writing to try to translate it into an image. So that's what the point when I started to use my writing kind of as a guide, as an script to create more, like a little bit deeper images. So it started like that just as a hobby. And it was like that for about six to seven years, just as a hobby, like no much thought like to make a living out of it or anything or just, I was just having fun. It was something that I enjoyed. I was working full-time job at that time, so I would go to work and I was really excited to go back home and do something with my camera, something that I enjoy, something that I like. So it was just like, like my happy place. Let's say I would come back home from work and I was just taking some pictures and editing a little bit and I was just, just made me happy to do that. Yeah. So you went to London for school. You started photography in 2009, 2010. When exactly did you decide to make it a full-time thing and how did that happen? It's actually quite late on my journey. Uh, I went to the UK on 2010 for holidays and I went with my mom and I actually like the city, I like the energy and I'm from the Canary Islands and a small island so it's not much going on and that's why I thought that this place is really small. So if I actually want to get into something, I need to get out and see the world and maybe I will have more opportunities over there. So the next year, on 2011, I decided to move there myself to just try and see how is the experience. So when I went there, I was having in my mind that maybe I can try to do some casting for filming. Like to be an actress, I can try to go to castings. I can try to move around this artistic world. Because like I said, here you don't have that kind of possibility. And I thought maybe I can try, I can work, but I can definitely go around and do some casting and see if I have some luck. But and that not working like that. And you know, you have to pay the bills, you know, to, you need to make a life. So I found a job in the hotel. So I started working in the hotel. So my photography hobby just stopped for a while because I didn't have that much time. Mm -hmm. Like the time was much tighter. So I didn't have too much time. I was tired when I was coming back home. So I didn't want to do much. And also London is quite rainy. So it's it rains most of the time. So even that, it didn't help my mood like no. to go outside and do many things. <laughs> so I would just go home and come back and then just go to work, come back and just sleep. So I kind of left that there for some time. And then in 2012, around September, I moved to the UK on March. And then on September, my mom told me that maybe we can take a trip together. And we decided to go to South Korea that I actually liked it because I'm kind of like the movies and not because I always have been a fan of cinema and I actually really like Korean movies. And she told me like, maybe, maybe we can go there and you can visit the, the city. You, maybe you like it. And I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> Why not? Let's go. So we went there for two weeks on September and I just fell in love. Like 
and on, on the first second that I put my feet there, I just fell in love with the city, like with the energy and, and everything. And I was like, the time I was in London, I was quite sad. Mm. I don't want to use the, the word depressed, maybe it's too deep, but definitely I wasn't feeling myself mm. when I was there. And suddenly I was feeling happy. And I was, you know, that feeling when you don't really know if you are happy or not until you experience something different and you are like, yeah, so I was sad actually. So it was not that I, that I didn't have energy or something, it was that it was sad, something was missing. So when I was there on that holiday, I was just so happy. I just wanted to do so many things. I wanted to try so many things. And then the two weeks just flow in front of my eyes and it was time to go back. And I was like, I don't think I can, endure anymore that kind of life because now I kind of know like now I'm happy now I know how is the, the life that I want to have so when I went back to the UK I decided to quit my job so just stay there for two more months so in December I quit my job and I was like you know I will be going back to I'm going back home because there I can work and make some money and actually go traveling. You know, when you live abroad without your family, you need more money because you need to pay yes. for everything. So I was like, okay, I will go back home and make some money and then I can keep traveling and visiting this place that made me so happy. So I just quit my job and on January, I just came back home. And, and I was here at home and I was like, yeah, but actually it's not the same i'm still kind of something is missing and that is when i started to think about myself and i was thinking that maybe it's my state of mind the one that is making my reality sad because there i was sad but now i am back here but my, my internal mind is still kind of in the same place like thinking that the outside is the one that is going to make me happy because I was in Korea. So no, it was not the place, the one that was making me happy. It was my, my state of mind because I was feeling good. That's why I was experiencing like having that happy experience. And then I'm here and kind of feeling the same, like feeling stuck. And I was like, maybe I need to start changing like my inside instead of trying to change the places that I am or the things that I do or the people that I see. It's me, the problem. I'm the one who is not feeling good mm. inside. So I definitely need to start working on myself and then I think I will be able to be happy anywhere I am. So that's when I started doing like more, trying to be more positive, try to study a little bit about how to change my mood, how to shift my energy and started to feeling good with just the thing that I have. Okay, what do I have right now? I still have my camera and I was like, okay, let's start here. Let's make something. I, I still have my writing. I still have my camera. I have good health. I have reasons to be happy. I'm back home. I'm with my family. It's all good. So I can go on from here. And that was the moment that I decided that maybe photography was a good way to not only have fun, but also to share my journey and start a journey to feeling good, to becoming like the person that I want to be. And since you have this record, you have this image, you can actually illustrate your journey and even help other people that are seeing your journey to actually get into their own journey and their own self-discovery. So that's how my images, like my work started to be the world that it is today. 
I was going to say, yeah, the introspection and that journey that you have, it is something, it's a common theme. It, it just permeates your work. Um, back to just more of that technical aspect. So like you were self-taught yeah, and there's definitely some learning curves with that. <laughs> Can you walk us through just how did you go about learning yeah. and were there any mentors that helped? in any kinds of education you would recommend to people? Yeah, definitely. I didn't have like a formal education, but thanks God on the internet, you can find a lot of amazing photographers who are kind enough to share and show and teach free. Like that's amazing. That is something that I really took advantage of. And I was watching tutorials of so many photographers, so many people out there who are helping. Because at the beginning, I was using my DSLR like a point and shoot. I was just putting in automatic and I was just taking pictures like that. So later in my journey, I was like, no, that this is not the way. <laughs> Definitely, I need to know how to use this thing because otherwise I cannot manipulate the light like I want it to be. Mm. Because I was seeing some pieces, I was like, but how are they doing that lighting? Yes. I need to know how this is made. And I was listening to so many amazing things that the camera can do. And I was like, why am I not doing nothing? Because it was me, the one who wasn't doing it. <laughs> I was like, okay, first thing first, let's, let's learn how this machine works. So it was the time when I started to like exposure and ISO and this and that. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. this, this is different. So I'm, I'm starting to learn from there. And I was like, okay, now I can see my images like starting to look different. I can see that I'm already getting into the photography style. Now I can feel like a photographer because yeah. at the beginning when you just point and shoot, you, it's not, you don't really feel like a photographer. But now that I can take the camera and manipulate here and press this button and the things are working, I was like, okay, now I'm starting to feel like, okay, now I can call myself kind of photographer. So I started to put time in learning. So I had my Photoshop when I started to because I was seeing so many great images and I had these ideas that was not possible actually to make it without any help. And I was like, yeah, I think I also need to learn something in Photoshop to actually make my idea a reality. Mm -hmm. So it's when I said, because I'm not an expert, but I'm kind of an expert in what I need to know. Mm. And I will recommend that to people. You don't need to know everything or how it works, but you need to know what works for you, what you need what your work needs. So just go ahead and have your ideas down. Okay, I need to know this, this, and this, and you get deep into that that notion. Okay, and then you become an expert in what you need to do, and that's what you need. And that's what I do. I get deeper into the things that I need, and that's how I go with my camera. So it was a few years, but because when you have passion for something, it's not heavy to learn. Mm -hmm. You just want to learn more and it's very easy to get into it quickly. And like I said, thanks to all the photographers who put kindly, they work out there because they really help. Yeah, I was going to say, like mentors, besides the internet, did you have any formal mentors or was the no. internet your main mentor? Wow, that's amazing. It was the internet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in general. Yeah. As you mentioned before, you're a writer as well, and yeah. visitors on your Instagram page will immediately notice that you have these like writing blurbs that are just poetic yeah. and just really graceful words that you put together that accompany your images. So yeah. I'm curious if your photos influence your writing or does your writing influence your images? 
it's depending but most of the time is my writing the one that influences my images because i normally would write beforehand mm -hmm. so because i get to write like anytime i have some moment some idea cross my mind i just take my pen and paper and i just write it down even if i don't have the idea of the image at that moment i just write my thoughts and then later on, I will review all my writing after maybe a week and I see everything that I have been writing. And then the images is the time that they start to come to my head based on that writing. So I just do it like that and then they, they work. So that's the way you do it. And sometimes I get the image in my head and then after seeing the image, they evoke a feeling mm -hmm. and then it's when I write. Like I said, most of the time is the writing first, but sometimes in rare occasions, it's the image, the one that comes first. Because maybe I see an element or I see a color or I see maybe a flower that I really like and the idea of how I want to use that prop on that flower came to my mind. And then I start to uh, prepare the image, the, the writing around that first image that I got on my head. Yeah, that's awesome. So you have this piece titled Hidden Beauty. So it features your like signature black backdrop. Um, it's more minimalistic. Yeah. It doesn't have the colors yeah. of other photos, but your body is arched yeah. backwards and your hands are super yeah. graceful. So could you actually read just that bit of the writing blurb that's with that one? Sure. But when I look at her eyes, I saw her soul. Fragile like a butterfly instead of the darkness I was used to. And finally, I was able to see the beauty she was hiding from the world. Yeah. So like, as I see that photo, it's like, it's just amazing. Oh, <laughs> but also there's all these images of all this origami, these origami butterflies. And like, I noticed that origami, balloons, flowers, they're all representative yeah. of these like different emotional states. Could you just go into more detail on how you just yeah. conceptualize your images? Yeah. This image, I really like color, but I also like black and white. So that's why I have decided to make the fake black and white. But all the elements have to be black and white, but it's still in color, like as you can see on my skin. So because to not go full black and white, I, did, I do the fake ones because I wanted to give a very fragile like image or look. That's why she had that uh, like hard position to do. And actually I need to do some stretching before because I'm not that flexible. So I really always have a hard time making this. I was going to ask you about that because I see the way your body moves. And I was like, maybe there's some yoga involved beforehand. Because <laughs> yeah, It's really hard for most of my pictures. Then I end up with kind of body pain after them because I'm not elastic at all. Like none at all. <laughs> So it's quite hard, but I wanted to give this, I wanted to make this uncomfortable like position, but that make her look fragile. So I wanted to use the butterfly, the paper butterflies, even the butterfly themselves, they are fragile. If you touch them, I wanted to give this impression that she used to be like a hard girl, like from the outside, you think like she's cold or something like that, but she had like a, like a soft heart. And I wanted to represent that with the, the butterflies because I write about everything. And some I really like to write about love and about not knowing the person. Because actually sometimes I look kind of uh, a little bit stiff or very serious. People always tell me that if I am not doing anything, I look like a very serious person, but I am not. 
So I wanted to kind of represent that kind of look, that kind of person that you think is very hard or it's hard to get to that person's heart. So I wanted to put in that image, that moment when you actually see somebody and maybe you see some vulnerable moment and you realize that, hey, that person is soft and kind and I can see actually what yeah. she was hiding. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we hide things because we are afraid to get hurt and we show this strong image, but we are not that much. So people got the wrong idea. And then at some point we cannot hide it anymore. They can finally see why you were so stiff or why you were so serious. And they can see because you didn't want to get hurt. So that's is kind of what I wanted to show in that image with the bloody eyes and the closing, because I like to don't really show my face and my images because I think people can actually feel more when they don't see your eyes because they, we see with the eyes of the soul, let's say. You can kind of imagine in your mind. So it's kind of to make your brain work. So because you cannot see the eyes, you need yeah. to imagine how that person's eyes would look and how that person would feel. So I think that helped a little bit also to get you deeper into my work and give you that because you need some time to think about it. So you will stop and try to think a little bit. So that's what I want that you stop and look a little bit for five more minutes and you get deep into it. Yeah, you definitely accomplished that. I find myself just looking at just that it, that optical illusion type of just approach yeah. to it. But I was going to say, because I noticed that you're saying her, like you were portraying, you're the main model of your work, yeah. but you often describe as characters, you know, so yeah. there's an otherness to it. So like, exactly. what are, who are these characters? Like, you know, what are the stories that they're trying to tell? You've touched on it, but if you can keep going, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Most of my images are not really about me. So at the beginning, you know, when you start doing self-portraits, for the most part, you put yourself in the image. But as times go by and I write, so I don't, most of the time I don't write about myself and not exactly about what I feel, but I try to put myself in other people's shoes. So I'm a big observer. So if when I go outside or if I go in the bus or when I go in the train, I like to observe people, how they interact, how they talk, how they move. I try to make up a stories even if I'm sitting in front of somebody, I try to make up what, where that person is going. How is she feeling or how is he feeling because of his eyes, his look, the way that person is sitting down. So that's the thing that I like to write about. I like to think how people feel, not only me. So when I try to, when I do my work, I try to make a word that every single person can feel identified in any of my images. So I want to tell mm -hmm. stories about everybody, not about just me. Because maybe you feel like identify with this image about vulnerability and the other person feel connected with uh, empowerment or that person like with love, to fall in love, to get hurt. So I like to create different characters. So it's not about me, it's about the human. It's about human feelings. Mm -hmm. It's about how we feel, how we go in life. So that's every single uh, character in my image, most of the time are different. So it's not always about me. Of course, might be any of them that is about me, but you learn like to disconnect a little bit, especially when you do self-portraits, you need to disconnect a little bit yourself with your work sometimes for me. And I try to put myself, like I said, in other person's shoes 
because maybe that person needs to listen to some message that I can give that person. Even if I'm not going through that that kind of experience, that kind of thing at the, at the moment, maybe somebody out there who needs to listen to this message and it's gonna help her day, it's gonna brighten up her day, it's gonna give that person hope today. So that's why I need to play, I like to play and put uh, different stories and different lessons and different words to the different people that need to listen to that message today. Yeah. Like, I'm actually, to be honest, I'm actually still curious of like, do you actually make all of the origami and like have it hanged up and like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I make all of them and like, I have a hard time. Like, I'm not, I'm not, because actually with photography, I have learned so many things that I didn't know how to do before. So yeah, I will look for the tutorial for the origami. So depending on the thing that I want to put in my image, uh, sometime I will, I will, just buy a prop like a butterfly with things and i was like hey since i want to make this black and white thing i need to maybe make it a paper one also you know paper is like fragile but at the same time it's tough mm. because you can cut yourself with the paper mm. and you don't even notice so it's kind of um so give that message that something that is fragile but not so much so I really like to introduce those elements also to that conceptual part of my work, that meaning behind my elements. So I really like to use. So I did have to learn to do each one, but and then thanks to Photoshop and composites, I can I cannot make that many. So I use only one. <laughs> <laughs> but I just reproduce. So I'm already know kind of where I want them to be, especially if I want it to be close to my hand or on my eyes. So they represent like not seeing, just trusting. So I like to cover my eyes. Mm. So we just, we can only move on with our feelings because we cannot see anything. So I always cover my eyes in close to my hands to like to represent companionship. Like you are not alone, you have somebody by your side. So I always choose or close to my heart. I also like to place them there. So I choose all these places where I want them to be and I go ahead. Since I'm already have the the kind of the writing, I try to have it also because it's easier to go faster during the photo shoot. Because actually, my favorite part is the editing. So I love the editing part because it's the moment when you can see your vision finally outside mm -hmm. of your head, and it's ready to share it with the world. So now everybody can see it. When I look at your work, I notice that you are not afraid to display this vulnerability and this kind of invitation to just like self-exploration and just like growth. Could you go in further of just your other messages of your work? You know, what else are you conveying, you know? Yeah, definitely one of them, as you have said, it's like I want people to know that they can be vulnerable. That doesn't make them weak actually make them strong because they are strong enough to face their feelings and know what they are feeling at its given moment. And they can learn from that. So I really also like to touch about the learning because many times in life we go through experiences, but we don't learn from those experiences. If they are bad, we just want to forget. But in every single moment in our life, that is a lesson like hiding behind that moment that you can learn from there, even if it's painful, even when it's hard, even when you don't feel that good, we need to be strong enough to actually look in the eye of that experience and say, okay, these things already happened. What can I take out of it? 
so I don't make the same mistake again, or whether it I don't want to feel this bad again, or I just want to learn when this happens again, I know how to react. So I think I also need to put emphasize that that part like we need to learn and grow because it's the only way we can get wiser. We can actually learn from future things. Also, I like the self-empowerment and the self-esteem because everybody struggles at some point in their life with the self-esteem. We compare yourself with other people, with other people's journey. If you are not doing enough, or maybe I'm not enough. So I want to help people to get out of that mentality. We are always enough, but you have to believe that you are in order to act like it. Because if you don't think you are enough, nobody's going to think about it. So you need to start yourself and people will, is going to start to value you as well. But if you are the one that they are degrading yourself first, obviously nobody is going to lift you up because you need to do it yourself first. So I want people to know that we all have like a seed inside that needs to grow, but you need to choose in which, what kind of plant or flower or things you want to grow to. Otherwise, it can be anything. So you need to be aware of your thoughts of what do you want. And also we live very fast sometimes and we don't take the time to actually think about who we want to be. We just go about life like we are supposed to live. And then when you realize like a lot of years later, like I'm not even doing what I wanted to do. And the more the saddest thing is that sometimes you don't even know what do you want to do because you didn't even mm -hmm. took 10 minutes to think about it. So with my work, like I said before, I want people to stop, read the message and say, hey, do I even know who I want to be? So if you mm -hmm. don't know, maybe from that moment, after seeing that message, you will start to think about that. Yeah, I was also going to say, like, I mean, your work focuses also on just a lot of just this introspection and mental health. And like, do you have any stories of anyone who's communicated how your work has spurred their particular journeys to try to try to start paying more attention to their mental health yeah definitely and actually it's my favorite part of putting my work out there because i receive many messages through uh, instagram dm so if you are listening if you want to write to me just feel free to do it because i love to receive those messages and they are the best thing of my work when they told me, hey, I didn't even think about it. And I'm already over 50 years old and never thought about this or always felt like I wasn't good enough or I didn't love myself enough. And now, thanks to your work, I'm starting to do that. I'm starting to think about myself first. So that makes me like so happy because that's it's the purpose of my work. That's what I want. I want people to realize, to listen to those messages and start think about themselves and maybe from that day on become the, 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 the real them, not the person that they thought they were, but the person that they really are. And sometimes you need that message, you need that, that thing in order to think about it. So that is the best part of my work, definitely. That's amazing. Um, so. What's on the horizon for you? So like, do you have any upcoming projects, exhibitions, things that listeners can keep an eye out for or probably go to? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I have one open at the moment in Denver, in Colorado, the Botanic Garden. So it's still on display over there. So if you want, you can still go. It's going to be up till May. So we still have some time, even over months ago, 
it's been open for a couple of months and the feedback have been great. It is amazing how people is enjoying it. And it's focusing around, especially my work with flowers and plants, especially the botanic garden. So it's kind of go hand by hand. It's colorful, perfect for spring, and it's really nice. So you can go to that one. Not so many at the horizon right now. I just want my plans are to keep working, keep trying new things, keep putting my ideas out there, keep sharing my work. That's what I'm working on right now. Okay. So where can people find you? So Instagram is one place. Yeah, you can go to Instagram and it's the place where I spend most time. So if you want to send me a message, just leave a comment. I always try to reply and I really enjoy the feedback. If my word make you think about anything or make you feel anything, I will love to hear about it. And definitely, I also have my work for sale. So if you want to have that piece, that special piece for you in your home, you can go to my website. For example, you can go to Sachi Art. You're going to find it over there. So most of my work is there. You can also find my writing there. So when you see the piece, you can still get the, the writing, get the feelings. So those are my main. I have also my Facebook page, but definitely on Instagram is the place where I spend the most time and more is easier to connect with me over there. It's your first and last name. So Fares McCoy. So yeah. at photography. And exactly. then that's your Instagram handle. Okay. Exactly. Awesome. It's actually my handle everywhere. So if you put, you will find it because I try to be consistent so people can find me easily. <laughs> so yeah, that that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, everything is Fares McQuay for me. Even my store, my Facebook and my Instagram, everything have the same, the same handle. So. Thank you so much, Faris, for just talking with us and sharing a bit of your story. Um, we're looking forward to seeing more of your work. I know my modern Met is looking forward to featuring more of your work yeah i hope so um, but <laughs> hope you take care and you have a good rest of your day all right thank you so much i hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the my modern met top artist podcast Thanks again to Faris Mikaway for sharing her mind and artistic process with us. If you like this episode, tell a friend or write us a review. And yes, we do read those. We'll be back soon with more conversation from inspiring artists. In the meantime, you can get your fix of all things art and culture at MyModernMet.com. And if you're a member, you'll get an ad-free reading experience and some other great perks for supporting the site. Until next time.